Several years ago, a woman who said she was a minister called me and asked me if she could talk with me. She wanted to discuss her mother's second marriage. I heard this from God about the subject. Do not look at the facts of this second marriage. Don't focus on them. Focus on what the scripture says about divorce and remarriage. A man who was a minister in Shreveport, Louisiana, called me. He had divorced his wife and he wanted to remarry. And I gave him all the scriptures on divorce and remarriage. A week or so later, he called me and asked me if there had been any change. And I said, well, so far as I know, the Bible has not been rewritten. That's the last time I ever heard from him. The Apostle Paul told us, be not conformed to this world and what they think, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We place ourselves on solid ground when we look at the scriptures on the subject about which we are concerned. And we pray and we allow God to establish us by the scriptures and by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. I have to assume I am speaking to born-again Christians. For unless you are born again, some of the things in the Bible will sound foolish to your natural mind. And the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You have to be born again. You have to have the Spirit of God in you, which you will have it if you are born again. If you are born again, you are sealed with the Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit in you if you are born again. He reminds you of scriptures. He reminds you of dreams that God has given you to show you the way to go or to show you the way not to go. He is the spirit of truth. He searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God. That is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So unlike the world, we can know God's will. We can know the way to go. And we know it by the scriptures as well as the spirit who dwells in us, who shows us the way to go concerning the events of this life and the issues that pertain to this present life. So Paul says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world. My goodness, they do all kinds of strange things. When I turn on television, I'm totally amazed at what I see them doing. I, I just have to turn the sound off. I can't stand see, hearing what the narrators say sometimes. 
And sometimes I have to turn the sound and the picture off. And same thing with TV shows. We know that they're filled with all types of things that are opposite to the way of God. If we know the Bible, we know that. But even if we don't know the Bible, the Holy Spirit is in us to kind of trouble us when something's wrong. So you know, even if you don't know the scriptures, but it's better if you know the scriptures. For if you know the scriptures, you can recognize when something's wrong. If you know the scriptures. Here is something some of you might not know. At the time of sexual intercourse, you become one flesh with that person. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul was warning the men. He said, Know you not your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What know ye not? that he which is joined to an harlot is one body, for two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and every woman have her own husband. At the time of sexual intercourse, you become one flesh with that other person. Birth control pills have loosed all types of sexual intercourse problems because basically the birth control pill says you won't have a baby as a result of sexual intercourse. You're free now. It just doesn't tell you that you become one flesh with the other person at the time of sexual intercourse, nor does it tell you that they who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, if you're going to do the works of the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Of course, many of us do works of the flesh before we're born again. And at the time we're born again, our past sins are paid for by the blood of Jesus. But we can't continue in sin. For to continue in sin would be to require Jesus to be crucified afresh in order to pay for our sins. So this is a very serious problem. Sin after you're born again is a very serious matter. First of all, you have to even know what sin is. Now, almost all of us, even before we're born again, know that adultery and fornication are sins because usually you hide your sins. And those who do these things openly don't know that they're sins or they wouldn't do them openly. They would hide. But most of us know it's wrong. When I was 15 years old, I was baptized in water at a Church of Christ. 
And this is the first time I remember anybody propositioning me for sex. And it was a young man who was in that Church of Christ group. I went on a date with him, and he tried to get me to have sex with him. I knew that would be wrong. I had just been born, been baptized in water. I was not born again at the time, but I knew it was wrong. But here was somebody in the church trying to get me to have sex with him. Obviously, he didn't know these scriptures on 1 Corinthians 6. When I moved to Clovis, New Mexico, where my mother lived, to be with her in the last days of her life, the last years of her life, a man who did some construction work for me owned a concrete company, and he came to see me about finishing the job. He was a deacon in a local Baptist church in Clovis. He tried to get me to have sex with him. He said, God knows we need sex. I went and got my Bible and read 1 Corinthians 6 to this man. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? At the time of sexual intercourse, you will become one flesh with that person. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. And this man was a deacon in a local Baptist church. I feel very sorry for the younger women who might not be quite as, uh, maybe, let's say, not mature. They might think, well, this is a deacon in the Baptist church. He says it's okay for us to have sex. Of course it's okay. Well, it isn't. And this man had his own wife. But I found out later he was going around the church propositioning other women in the church. It sounds impossible. This was in approximately 1985. It's much worse today. Why is it much worse today and how can we know it's much worse today? Well, the first place Paul says in the last days perilous times will come. 2 Timothy chapter 3. You turn on your television set and if you have lived several decades, you know it's worse today than it was 30 years ago. They put things on television today that they could not have put on television 30 years ago. Why? Because the people would not have put up with it. That's the main control over what's going on on television are the people. The advertisers would not put up with it because it would not be popular with the people. The only reason this goes on television today is the general population has gotten much worse and approved sins and therefore... It can go on television because the sponsors know they will not offend the majority of their subscribers. Therefore, we can see television. We'll see television things that we couldn't see 10 years ago. Each decade, we can see a marked difference in sin. This simply shows us we're drawing nearer to the day of judgment. I feel very sorry for Christians today who have to be out there working in the world, who are younger, don't know much Bible, and have all of these things flaunted before them. Before one of the things that's really bad is the flaunting of sin, where they hid sins in the 1940s. They did the same sins, but they were hidden. 
Today, they are flaunted before our face. For example, the other day I was watching a a football game at Kansas City Chiefs, and the announcer was talking about their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. And he said, well, it's been quite a year for Patrick Mahomes. He won, I think, most valuable player last year. They won the Super Bowl this year. Um, And he was naming the things that had been so spectacular that happened to him. And he said he's getting married this year. And he then said, and he's they're having their first child this year because his fiancée is six months pregnant or something like that. And I wasn't shocked because so many people do that. But I don't approve. I do not approve because I know the Bible. I know what the Bible says. But today, sins are flaunted before us. Homosexuals, lesbians, all types of sin are approved. And they are protected. And often if you speak at your job saying these are sins, you are the one who will suffer. I know one of the football players a couple of years ago spoke against homosexuals and he was suspended from the National Football League. It was only when he repented what he said and changed and approved homosexuals that he was let back into the National Football League. What does the Bible say? We'll cover that. What does the Bible say? The only thing we can go by is what the Bible says about any of these things. And if you really are godly and you want to do the right thing, then what you do is you look at the Bible. Don't go ask your pastor. He may tell you, no telling what he'll tell you. I know one woman was really, really angry because she went to the pastor to see if she could remarry after divorce. And the pastor said, well, yeah, sure you can. He says, "Um, uh, my sister's remarried, and she was divorced. Well, this woman divorced and remarried and then later read the scriptures and saw that when she did that, she committed adultery. And she was so mad at that pastor. I was watching television one day, and uh, it came on the television news, the Pope, the Catholic Pope, and they asked him about homosexuals. He said, well, I don't see anything wrong with homosexuals, with being a homosexual. And I screamed out at the TV, what about the Bible? See, it always comes back to what about the Bible? Therefore, I'm telling you, if you care for your salvation... It's a matter of reading the Bible for yourself, establishing it by the scriptures through prayer. God will confirm to you the scriptures. So now we're going to look at some of the sins that are omitted today. They aren't even discussed in the churches. You're not being warned about these horrible problems that you're seeing in front of your face. The world is telling you it's all right to do these things. Your churches are not even warning you against doing the things. I feel sorry for you. And yet we have to go to our Bibles on the subjects at hand. The first subject we're going to look at is the subject of divorce remarriage. 1 Corinthians 7 verses 10 and 11 
Paul tells us something, and he says, This is a commandment of the Lord. Paul makes it very clear that this is not his own opinion, but is a commandment of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 and 11, Paul says, And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now some people will say, but we aren't under the law today. Well, this was the Apostle Paul speaking to the New Testament church. Did Paul not know the scriptures and the truth? Of course he did. See, what you're getting mixed up, if you say we're not under the law today, we are not under the law of Moses today concerning the sacrifice of sins, whereby animals were sacrificed to pay for sins. We are not under the Old Testament law, but we are under the New Testament laws set forth for us in the New Testament Bible. Now we'll read this again. Romans 7, 1 through 3. Know ye not, brethren? For I speak to them that know the law, says Paul. How that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth? For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband, so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Matthew 5.32, Jesus said, But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. If he puts away, divorces that faithful wife, she'll go out and remarry, and when she does that, she commits adultery, but he will be the cause of her adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. The men who marry the divorced woman commit adultery. My best friend, back when I was first born again, my best friends had been divorced, but she kept it a secret. She met a man at church. He had lost his wife to cancer, and he had three small children, and he was looking for a wife. 
He picked out Donna and one other woman. He didn't know Donna had been divorced because she kept it a secret. In those days, they taught this, that the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So he knew it would be adultery. He started dating Donna. He picked her out of the two women and started dating her, fell in love with her, and wanted to marry her, and found out then that she had been divorced. I said to him, if you had known Donna had been divorced, would you have dated her? He thought seriously about it, and he said, no, I don't think I would have. But it was too late then, at least in his thinking. This was taught in the 40s in several churches. So much has been removed from the churches in the past few decades. The scriptures have been removed and another doctrine has been set up. And that is Antichrist working in the churches. Matthew nineteen nine And I, Jesus, say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. The man commits adultery against the faithful wife. And whoso marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. Once again, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So what all this is saying is if a faithful wife is divorced by her husband. She will commit adultery if she remarries. Matthew 5.32 The husband who divorced the faithful wife will be the cause of her adultery if she remarries. Matthew 5.32 The man who divorces a faithful wife and marries another woman commits adultery against the wife, the faithful wife. Matthew 5.19 The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew 5.32 and Matthew 19.9. Mark 10, Jesus says, But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Verses 11-12 of Mark 10. Jesus said, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. So these are the basic scriptures that we have in the New Testament Bible which show us the way of God and the truth of God. Now concerning homosexuals and lesbians, some of the homosexuals will say things like, but I was just born homosexual. My cleaning lady had watched some kind of television talk show, and she's Catholic, and she had watched some television talk show, and she came to me and asked me about homosexuals. And I showed her Romans chapter 1. And then she said, but what about when they say they were just born that way? Well, I didn't have an answer for that at that time. A few days later, God gave me an answer to it. 
And the answer was in Mark 10. And here was the answer. From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. They weren't created homosexual. They were either created male or female. In Romans 1, it tells us that they knew the truth, but God gave them over to vile affections. We'll start at verse 18. Romans 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. The sun, the moon, the stars, the solar system, the heaven, the earth. Show us God. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So verse 26 is the primary key on this homosexual thing, lesbian thing. It's not what I think. It's what God thinks. But I think it because God says he thinks it. You see, we conform to what God says. We conform our thinking to what God says when we belong to God. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections in the sight of God. Acts of the homosexuals and lesbians are vile affections. That's in the sight of God. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust 
one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Let's look at what the Bible says concerning money. Money is a very big factor in leading people. In fact, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. Many people are led to take certain jobs which they shouldn't take because they want the money. And they hurt their own souls when they do this. What should we do concerning money? First, we should pray and ask God to put us in a type of work that we can enjoy and go that direction. Step by step, the Holy Spirit will lead you to the place where you can actually enjoy the work. You may not make as much money as you have in the past, but your soul will be in good condition. And it's the very best thing you can do for your family. Best thing. It is not the money that's the best thing you can do for your family. It's following God to be a godly husband or a godly wife. That's the best gift you can give to your children. Concerning money, Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. There are a lot of people that, even in churches, that think gain is a form of God. They, they think gain is a sign of godliness. You might That person might have got that money by illegal means or by craftiness and taking advantage of other people. So if you run across anyone who thinks gain is a sign of godliness, Paul says withdraw yourself from that person. Verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Now, one thing you're probably not going to find in the Bible is anything about diets. Sometimes you put yourself on a type of diet so you'll be attracted to other people and attract other people to yourself. And you don't like your food. How can you be content with that kind of food? So you're in a trap here. Not only are you in a trap trying to attract people to yourself, but you are also sinning by doing that. Especially if you're trying to attract someone of the opposite sex to yourself this way. So Paul says, we brought nothing into this world. It's certain we, we can carry nothing out and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Now today they call it healthy to be sinner. For myself... I've always found when I was ill, I got thinner. I had an accident in December 2019, and I had to spend two and a half months in a rehabilitation hospital. They were giving me so many drugs, different drugs at that time, I got to where I couldn't eat anything. 
I lost 40 pounds during that two and a half months. When I got free from those drugs and got better, I gained weight. So often it's exactly opposite from what we see in the world when what the world teaches us and what we're led by our own flesh to try to do. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drowned men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Are you having problems right now with this coronavirus concerning money? Lots of people are. Lots of people went and took out big mortgages, as big a mortgage as they could possibly get in order to have the biggest house they could get. And the husband and wife both went out to work to pay for it, for their children. No, the best thing you could do for your children is to live a godly life. It's not the pursuit of money that's going to help your children. I heard recently during the coronavirus, so many women have had to stay at home because there's no schools. The schools weren't open and they had no place to put the children. So they had to stay home and take care of their own children. I really thought, what a blessing. Well, if it's a godly woman, what a blessing. See, it's upside down. The thinking is upside down. If you want to know what a godly woman is, start out reading Proverbs 31 and then look at the scriptures that Paul wrote about godly women how he wanted them to act. He didn't want them to dress in fine clothes and gold jewelry. He wanted them to dress in things that became modesty. Once uh, one of our own church members fell into, uh, she was a very fashion conscious person and followed the ways of the world. And one time she came um, to bridge, she played bridge, she came to the bridge center and she had on one of those um, types of garments that was popular back a few years ago where it looked like you had a jacket over what looked to be a slip and your slip was showing. And I told her, I said, that's such an ungodly garment that you're wearing. How can you wear that? Well, she was cared about fashion. I don't know what she did with that. I doubt she ever wore it again after I said that. But it was so ungodly. And so suggestive. Well, Paul wanted women to be modest and dress modestly. And the one thing in Proverbs 31 that strikes me so strongly is her husband will have no need to fear her. She's not going to do him harm. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Read the scriptures like that. Look at scriptures. Ask God to create you into a godly woman and follow the Spirit of God and you will get there. Back to 1 Timothy 6. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts 
which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You're going to have many sorrows if you try to continue living on this earth in a way of the past where you buy now and pay later. You're going to live in many sorrows. This coronavirus isn't over. Not only is it not over, people are beginning to even say life like it was in the past may never return again. I think that's very possible. And then I know the great tribulations coming up on this earth. Maybe even in our own lifetime. And that is just one problem after another. If you are in debt, you are not going to be functioning as highly as you will be if you modify your life and choose less rather than more. Restructure your life. Your children will benefit more by your being godly than they will benefit by your having money. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, faith in God, faith in the scriptures. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And Paul said to Timothy, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. And walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. The Flesh is going to try to get you to do the works of the flesh, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, and revilings. That's a list of the work of the flesh from Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And Paul says, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, worshiping other people. Some people worship people who make money. Some people worship athletes. Some people worship beauty idolatry witchcraft is following superstitions 
Variance is to debate and argue with other people. Emulation is to try to outdo other people. Wrath is to have an inward desire to see that person who has harmed you punished. These are works of the flesh. These are things the flesh does naturally. Seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, and revilings. Revilings is what we know today as partying. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Then Paul says, But this I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You've got a fight going on in your own body. Your flesh wants to do it one way. Your spirit, the Spirit of God, is bringing something else to your attention, and there is a conflict there. We have to learn to choose to go in the way of the Spirit of God. And that's what it means when it says to walk in the Spirit. Romans 8, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify, stop the deeds of the flesh through the Spirit, by following the Spirit, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So as we read the New Testament Bible, we know the will of God versus the will of the flesh. Also, God plants in our hearts his word. So we know the will of God. He gives us the Spirit of God, so we know the will of God. So we learn to walk in the Spirit of God. Read the Bible. Know the New Testament Bible. That's important also to substantiate the way to go. God will never leave you, lead you to go in the way of adultery or fornication. He will not do that. There are a few other things that are a little less clear, but that is absolutely clear. So if you're being tempted toward any of these sins, and we all are tempted, there's no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer us to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. So God will do something to remind us of the way of God and to show us a way of escape, which if we take it, we'll be fine. We'll be walking in the Spirit. And if you get into a temptation, many times I've done this. God, help me, please. Please don't let me do this. Or I've said to God, Please don't let me say what I want to say. And every time he stopped me, every time, without exception, when I have called on him. So that's a little shortcut for us.
Call on God in the midst of the temptation. Your flesh wants to do the temptation. So you may not want to call on God to stop you. But you're wise if you call on God to stop you. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.